Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Thrive in EDU podcast. I am Rochelle Denae Poth. This is season five, episode number two. And if you are just joining in for the first time, thank you. If you've been listening since I started all those years ago, thank you as well for that. In the last couple of months, uh, I took a couple of breaks just here and there, but ready to go with some podcast episodes coming up where I will have some guests talking about some different tools and resources that are out there uh, for educators to use and the benefits for students and for learning. Also have some other things that just might be on my mind that I will share with you as my podcast originally started with me talking to myself and answering my own questions. So uh, who knows? We'll see what happens in this fifth season, but I will say I do enjoy having guests on the show, whether it's a live recording that we do and we're having a conversation or it's the Thrive O'Clock with my awesome friend Mel and then we download the episode and I use that as a podcast. So what has been going on in the last couple of months? Uh, things have been busy, very busy with some conferences and some travel and taking some courses in statistics, which is very challenging for me. Uh, it's basically what kept me out of pursuing my doctorate in instructional technology right after the master's years ago, because it was just really, really tough. So I've been pretty busy this summer taking a couple of courses and uh, I feel the struggle with learning, but pushing through. Uh, so that has been a big part of my summer, the learning, both uh, on my own and then also going to conferences. I went to Enedco, which is a great conference in Breckenridge in Colorado in June. ISTE, of course, is a favorite every year. Can't wait till the end of June when it happens. This year it was in Philadelphia which marks my third visit to Philly for the ISTE conference. And it was fantastic as usual to see everybody, to learn. Uh, just that whole experience is amazing, especially if you are just meeting somebody in person for the first time. So I had that one. I traveled to Nashville with a friend, Bonnie, and then went to the Upstate Technology Conference held in Greenville, South Carolina for a day. And that was a really really cool event. Uh, if you get a chance to go to that one, I recommend it. I could only attend for one day this year, but just all of the energy, the excitement, uh, everybody that got a chance to speak to the sessions that I joined in, it was just an awesome place to learn. So my first time attending, and I hope to attend again in the future. So you might be wondering, what is this episode about? Well, one, <laughs> just a recap of what has been going on. Uh, two, to talk a little bit about reflection and tying that into artificial intelligence. I can't believe how much time has passed. I, the summer is zipping by. And then thinking about how long ago I started to do some research with regards to artificial intelligence, diving into teaching about it in my classroom, thinking back to the first presentation that I did at a conference uh, super nervous about it because I had never done a presentation to educators about AI, but I was just speaking about my own experience, how I got started, what my perception was of where we see AI in our everyday lives, what I think of when somebody says AI or artificial intelligence, and then just started to find experiences to create for my students. What were some resources, websites, activities that they could do? And so, like I said, I've been 
speaking about it, teaching about it, learning about it, and uh, bringing it to my classroom for over five years now. And the first, I guess, diving into it was when I wrote a blog for Getting Smart in January of 2018. And back then, I thought about things like Terminator and the movie iRobot and Alexa, just for a couple. And at every single conference since that very first one in the spring of 2018, up until most recently at the Upstate Tech Conference that I was that I was at uh, recently, I use a survey, or if it's a small group, I'll ask in the room, you know, what do people think of? And up until probably February of this year, the most common answers were the ones that I had given before: Terminator, iRobot, Alexa, and those things. But now, more often, it's ChatGPT. And so things have shifted, especially this year, since the end of November, beginning of December, when ChatGPT became available and everybody dove into giving it a try, or there was a lot of concern for what does this mean for educators? And I took it above that. It's what does this mean for the world and the world, I mean, the work, uh, types of jobs that people are interested in, the jobs they have now different capabilities and tasks that ChatGPT or other generative AI in this case can actually take care of and help to facilitate. So what I did was I reached out to some different educators and some of my students to find out what they thought about the changes that they saw happening and experienced in their own lives, whether in or out of school, especially when it comes to emerging technologies like AI and ChatGPT, which is a form of that, of course. There will always be concerns. We hopefully will continue to have conversations and be excited about the potential that some of these tools and things can you know, bring into our classroom. Like how can it enhance learning? What can it help us to do faster so we have more time to spend with our students? And one thing, another thing I should say before I give you some of these reflections is I had the opportunity to interview introduce actually and interview Kevin Roos, who is a New York Times columnist. Uh, he has written three books. He's a best-selling author. He has a podcast and he speaks and writes and presents and keynotes on AI, preparing for the future, the world of work, and the crossover between a lot of different areas of which technology and education are two of those. So I had a chance to sit down with him for about 20 minutes on the closing main stage at the ISTE conference this year. And it, it was really a great conversation. I had questions for him, ones that I came up with, ones that I kind of evolved just based on conversations with other educators and uh, from reading his book and listening to his podcast as well. But even after that, it gave me some more things to think about for my own classroom, my own experiences, and to do some predicting for the future. So anyway, back to my original thought for today's episode, it was on reflecting and so I reached out and asked a few friends on Twitter uh, and other educators that I know and also some students what they thought. And so a friend of mine, Nicole Biscotti, uh, thinks, is thinking, you know, things about uh, ChatGPT. And again, if you've never listened to my podcast, it's not scripted. It is off the cuff. It is just me talking. But just thinking back to her responses, she noticed how much it has really exploded with everybody trying to figure it out. At the same time, uh, sharing ideas, diving into the ChatGPT, worrying about whether or not students are going to be using it to cheat. Is it plagiarism? Are schools going to ban it? And I agree with her, and I've said this from the beginning, is that there is always going to be a way to take a shortcut. 
even before all the technology and the computers and the internet, we could have somebody do our work for us. We had tools available to us to make it easier to get these tasks completed. They didn't require us to put in as much effort and that's not that much different than what we have now. So what do we do? Well, we as educators or as parents or anybody that is working uh, in the world of work have a, a, an obligation, I guess I could say, to prepare the students or to work with our colleagues or our kids or whoever to figure out what these technologies mean. How are they going to impact us? Is it going to help us to do something differently or better? Uh, give us access to something that otherwise we wouldn't have. And so for students in our classrooms, we have to help them figure out what the impact is going to be now and in the future. Another educator friend, uh, Dr. Michael Harvey, he talks about how this artificial intelligence and emerging tech really, he says it's making a, a difference, but it didn't entirely shape the past school year. Everybody's asking questions about what does it mean? What forms of assessment are we going to use? How do we change our instruction? But he's thinking about how to transition the assessments that are given to do something more along the lines of like a process rather than an end product. And I think that's something, it's not new. We've been thinking about that, especially with things like project-based learning. And he thinks that in looking forward, that some of the pushback that might come in this upcoming year will be figuring out, do we ban or block things? How do we continue to make progress in education and move away from, in terms of assessment, like assessment of learning to assessment for learning? And what is the role that AI is going to play in that in supporting students, potentially in their independent learning styles? Uh, Alex Isaacs is another educator that I know who does a lot with a, a variety of technology tools. And he sees emerging tech as a way that teachers can leverage some of those tools that are out there and the ones that will show up shortly, I'm sure, that it can help them to gain some extra time. And things like lesson planning, there are tools out there that help you design a lesson plan, give you objectives, come up with entrance and exit tickets, be able to give students feedback in real time, uh, analyze the data from students and be able to give feedback to them faster, look at student performance and have insights into any trends that are happening in their classrooms. Uh, and so for him, he's thinking about just diving on into these emerging technologies and see what the benefits are. And of course, being mindful of any potential drawbacks, because we do have to have a conversation. And he and Lois Alston had created this AI-themed Wakelet collection just to share some ideas. Uh, I asked my students in varying grade levels, and one who was a junior really believes that the emerging technologies are providing new opportunities for students. It's giving them a chance to kind of explore things that are out there, maybe bring in new ideas or using those tools that students can figure out how to leverage the tools to best convey what they are learning. Uh, it's going to maybe enhance their learning environment, improve their capabilities. It might give them access to a personal tutor if there's something that they don't understand. Uh, a student in eighth grade believes that it's helping him to come up with new ideas for projects. It's also giving him 
a quick summary of something that maybe he has some confusion about. Uh, maybe he read it and just didn't get it entirely. So he needs access to a way to have a summary. And of course, reaching out to us as educators is important. Those relationships are key. But realistically, we are not available 24-7. And so if a student needs to understand something, if I am in my statistics class and I need somebody to help me understand something, to be able to type it into ChatGPT, although being mindful that it might not be 100% correct because mistakes can be made, just knowing that it's there and figuring out how to use it will make a difference. And finally, one of my sophomores who we talked about this a lot over the, the last six months of the school year, was really into diving into it. And he said that as soon as he was introduced to AI, even back in the eighth grade, he knew it was going to, to make changes in the world. And the more that he interacted with it, the more he was able to see what the potential of it could be. And he said, yeah, I may or may not have used it for a few of my small assignments. And he assured me that he did not do that in Spanish, which I laughed. I mean, there are no guarantees, but if we have the relationships and we see the students working in our classrooms and we are interacting with them one-on-one, -on -one, having conversations, observing them as they are working through the learning process, we know where they are and we can tell when they have or when they have not used something like in this case, ChatGPT. And he says, for example, in chemistry class, he might ask it for a simple definition and an example. And then that would help him, help him to process the information and learn the content better. And he, he said, and I laughed at this, that AI is mediocre at best. He said, but whenever we use it in collaboration as humans, that together we can do amazing things. And he says for the future, hopefully, he said that uh, school will look through the ways that AI can impact students and teachers and see what it is capable of and not try to limit it completely or prevent it from being used by students and or teachers. And so I thought that I would share with those of you listening that, you know, it's been around for a long time. AI is not something new, although it feels like it's something new, uh, but it's not. And for me, for five and a half years, doing presentations virtually, in person, at conferences, in my classroom, writing about it, and of course, on my podcast, you can go back and listen to prior episodes. I've been very open about the fact that I, I really did just dive in. And I'm not an expert, but I love learning and I love testing out all of the tools that are out there to see what the benefits are. And so if you are looking for somebody to come into your school, to work with teachers in your school, to work with a PLC, to coach you one-on-one -on -one about some of the tools and opportunities that are out there through emerging technologies, AI, of course, generative AI, or maybe just chat GPT and prompt engineering, any of those things, I am available for that. I teach full-time, I consult full-time, and I'm always looking for opportunities to work with more teachers because if I can make it easier for you to get started in your classroom, that is exactly what I want to do. And so if you need somebody to work with uh, your school, with your teachers, or you know somebody who is looking for somebody like me to come and work with their school, please reach out to me. I'm available via Twitter, Instagram, threads, R-D-E-N-E-915. You can send me an email, just add the gmail.com to that. You can check out my blog, which is the www.rdna915.com. Uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. I am here to help. And again, always looking to work with teachers 
in any type of setting. I can come to your school. We can connect virtually. But the best advice I can give is think back to the last school year. Did you work with ChatGPT? Did you have students who were using it? And did you have conversations about it? And if you haven't started with AI because you think I'm just a Spanish teacher, I'm just an elementary teacher, get rid of the word just because you can dive in. You don't have to be an expert. I wasn't. And just be willing to learn and grow with your students. And that's all I've got for you today in this episode. The next episode, I will have a guest, so stay tuned. And if you haven't joined the Thrive and EDU community, please do. If you haven't subscribed to my blog or the podcast, please do that as well. And as always, I thank you for listening. I'll catch you the next time.